This is Pretty Little Grown Men. We are back. We have just watched the 100th episode of Pretty Little Liars. It was a big episode. Um, we're your hosts. I'm uh, David Greenwald. And I'm Domson Nicola. And this episode, what was this episode titled? Miss, uh, Miss You Times 100. I guess it makes sense now with uh, it's the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss You Times 100. You know, what's funny, I wanted to uh, briefly mention... Um, that uh, oh, and you have to excuse us because it's it's really fucking hot right now. It's very hot. God, I'm, I'm so sweaty. I get a little delirious when I'm this hot. We're here in the recording studio, which is to say the the uh, the office in our in our house, and we have the window open, and we don't have air conditioning, and we don't have a fan because that would make too much noise for podcasting. Yeah. So we're just very hot. We're looking out for you. So deal with us. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know if. if you heard, Dave, how I uh, showed the first episode ever to Phil and Andrew last week. No, I didn't. So they, yeah, so it was weird to watch, to, to again, watch the, the pilot episode. Two, so these are two more grown men, yes. we should say, who had never seen it before. No, uh, Phil, is, Phil is actually does the theme song for our podcast, but he yes. had never seen an episode all the way through. Right, so he needed to. Yeah. And then Andrew is another friend of ours um, who is just very curious about what we found so appealing, and so it's like, okay, well, let's start. Let's start this. And um, I was blown away by how weird it is. It is yeah. such a. It started out so fucking weird. It's like because the first episode basically sets up every inappropriate relationship in the it, it you you wouldn't be mistaken for thinking that this is a teen show about inappropriate relationships with men uh-huh because the, from the beginning it's uh Aria, Aria and Fitz yeah and then Spencer and Ren mm, right and then uh I don't know I don't know what else but I guess those two it was pretty much the whole episode centers around them right um and it's so creepy yeah. It's just creepy, and right. like, but it's also kind of glossy. You know, it's like a typical like teen show pilot. Well, and cut to a hundred episodes later, where we see in like the most PG thirteen moment of the show exactly. ever, yeah. Arya, Arya and Fitz, Arya riding Fitz. <laughs> you know, yeah. Miley Cyrus back. You know, on the on the that controversial Miley Cyrus cover where you see her naked back, you know, mm-hmm. there she is, go oh. for it. It's like, whoa. They're intertwining legs. Yeah. Pretty pretty intense stuff on PLL. Uh-huh. I need to confess that I actually never made it through the pilot. I watched, uh, my wife was watching, started watching it, and I watched like half of it, and I was like, this is whatever. And then I came back and watched, you know, episode two and three and four mm-hmm. and got super into it. But I have never seen the entire pilot. So I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, you should. It's weird. It sets up all the tropes pretty easily for the mm-hmm. whole series. The classic, like, last the parting crane shot where everyone looks really confused and scared and the first text from A. And, ah. Um, and then Hannah's sort of... Um, and, you know, when they, when it first starts, everyone is so... They're still kind of cold towards each other. Their, their friendships have fallen apart. Hannah is basically... Allison incarnate right you know? um, it's very odd it it definitely uh, after spending so much time with the series it's it's definitely a really uh, jarring experience to watch the first episode again yeah um, and 
it did not go over well when I showed it to, to Andrew and Phil. Well, you know, people have asked me about this show, and they're like, should I watch it? Da, da. And I'm like, you know, you got to watch a few episodes to get into it, because I didn't like the pilot that much, and I need to go back and watch it again to make sure mm-hmm. that I didn't like it that much. But yeah, I think it's definitely a show where you need to let the mystery unfold a little bit so it can hook you in. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not feel like right off the bat it was an exciting show. No, it wasn't. And you know, and then and then now for especially an episode like this, which is um even the the, the a season like this, it's so plot heavy. Right. You cannot come into this cold. Oh, no, not at all. And that's what I was trying to explain to them. I can't remember exactly at what point I was sort of hooked and and I didn't stop watching. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was binge watching on Netflix and I was just like, you know, like just doing chores and just watching like 10 episodes in a row. Oh, sure. Um, I don't remember at what point I decided that this is something that I was not going to stop watching. (laughs) Right. And then there have been a lot of shows like that. Like, I think, I I was talking to Hillary, like Scandal especially, that show, I I just can't stand that show anymore. You just got over it. Oh my God. Yeah, that was another one where everyone, I see everyone tweeting about it, but I have not watched an episode. And that's also true for 24 which I know you're a fan of, but okay. I've never seen it. I don't know. It's like, you know, you can only fit so many, I can only fit so many episodes of television into my life. So I'm almost like, I don't want to get into this thing that I will probably like, because I just, that's another commitment. Well, that's well, a lot of responsibility. That's admirable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I guess so. Well, let's talk about this episode, which, yeah. which was really insane. It was, oh my, Yeah. Crazy. It was All like after the, I think the last couple episodes were a little bit of calm, uh-huh. settling in. But now it seems like they were the calm before the storm. Now mm-hmm. it seems like everything is just like, you know, L- literally a storm bursting through their windows. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, so what should we talk about first? This is a really alley heavy episode. Mm-hmm. She comes back to school. She is powwowing with her friends, you know, about what to do when she gets there. And the first thing she does is she goes to these two girls who she used to make fun of and apologizes. Uh, and she's trying to turn over this new leaf. Uh, and then this gets flipped around on her. Yeah. I think, <laughs> uh, you know, I, found, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I found the, the writing of the episode kind of weak. Like, I was going to say, I don't really have a favorite quote from this episode. Uh-huh. Um, there was less banter, yeah, and more just like insane yeah. things happening. Uh, although I did really enjoy, um, not even the line so much as the delivery when Emily was talking about the twins, and she's like, "Oh, oh, Allison called them the Gayrons," and I think Arya or Spencer was like, "Gayrons? What does that mean?" And Emily's like, "Gay morons." And just says it <laughs> yeah. with this like really straight look on her face, right? Right. <laughs> well, because it's such a ridiculous. It's like it's like, oh god. <laughs> Gay runs. Oh, that really got to me. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is where the show is really, like, funny to me, like, unintentionally funny, when it, like, has a sort of traditional, you know, teenage high school dumb stuff, mm-hmm. basically, competing with this very adult world of murder and intrigue and suspense and, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, like, this weird dynamic that the show plays with, and I think when it has more of the teen stuff, it actually makes the show better. Mm-hmm. And this episode was, like... Sometimes it doesn't fit, you know. Right. Where where that joke doesn't didn't really come across as being like, oh, this is very clever that mm-hmm. they would include this. Yeah, and you know, and I guess to a certain extent, it's nice to see. It, it did feel a little out of place, but it's nice to see Hannah getting drunk. 
You know, right. just being a typical teen who can't right. handle her doing alcohol. A, doing a dumb thing. Yeah. And I guess, and also, it's, you know, to see Arya actually, like, have sex. Right. Even though it's creepy and, and gross. Yes. To, but, both of those things. But to actually see something that they've implied for so long actually happen. Right. You know? Um, yeah. With... with with Fitz, who's just like flashing his abs all over the place. Check out how I've been scarred. Right, right. I got sh- <laughs> I got shot, but also, you know, I go to the gym. <laughs> their man, their relationship. I mean, we've talked about their relationship, I think, on this podcast, and how it's super gross and it needs to stop. And this episode, obviously, was was not a step in that direction. Um, but you know, all of the liars get some play on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, I think the biggest one is Allison and Emily hooking up. Mm -hmm. That's intense. That was intense. You could see that coming from a mile away, but that was so intense. Right. Yeah. And, I don't know. Um, It also, it seems odd that given the circumstances, especially with between Emily and Allison, given the circumstances of the night before, um, that when Mona when they all confront each other in the hallway and they have like, it's like, almost like a West side story. Like the two gangs, like right. getting ready to confront each other. Um, and then they could, then they all reconvene in the bathroom and Emily's like, why are you still lying to us? Right. Yeah. I thought that was, it's like, have a little bit of empathy for your friend who's like been in hiding for two years, mm-hmm. who has been lying to survive. Yeah. And it like makes sense that she would just do it. You know, mm-hmm. she's not going to change her entire personality or, or her habits overnight. Right. You know, but it, it was also like a very teenage, immature reaction to like not be able to put yourself in her shoes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I do wonder where, where the show is willing to take that relationship between Allison and, and Emily. I, agree. I mean, already you have uh, in the climactic final scene when everyone is getting together and everyone's holding hands and... Uh, you have Hannah come in with her like booze breath that is just like, oh, what is, what is Allison and Emily? Are they together now? Oh uh, yeah. And then Spencer is like, what have you been drinking again? It's right. Like, oh my god, everybody, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I am curious to see where uh, they're gonna take that that relationship. I, I I I am gonna say not very far. Because I think we've seen Emily become the stronger character, and you know I'm kind of I'm mystified as to what she wants the relationship with Paige to be. Because clearly she yeah. felt like she broke up with Paige for good reasons, mm-hmm. because Paige was being a controlling psychopath. Yeah. And But now she's like, oh, I'm inviting her out to things. She's making time for her. She's yeah. saying, you're the bravest person. you know. And she's had another like ridiculous cliche thing in yeah. the previous episode. And I'm not sure where that's coming from. Does she feel guilty about breaking Paige's heart? Is she weakening and seeing the pull of someone who is attracted to her? Probably. I mean, that's what she said. In the last episode, it was something along the lines of, um, like, I want you to be someone better than me or something like that, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, it's it's obviously guilt talking, um, but she can't make up her mind what she actually wants. She's just, her whole character is just this ball of guilt, you right. know? And it seems like, which I don't know if maybe is making it so that she has even less to lose so she's more willing to do really crazy things because obviously like out of probably any of the liars besides spencer is the most willing to just like do like 
crazy things. You know? Sure, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's she just seems like a a big mess. Um, and also spending like all of her time uh, coaching this creepy new girl who right. we discover is as we suspected uh, a planet. Cahoots. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this was a this was a huge scene to me. Well, that obviously exonerates uh, Paige too. Yes. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I think Paige is on the level. Mm-hmm. I think she was a questionable character at times in past seasons, but I think we've seen her be very sincere. I don't think she's she's in league with right. with Mona. Yeah. I think I think she's clear. But there was an insane sequence. So Jenna comes back to town, mm-hmm. and we see Jenna and a uh, swimmer girl whose name I can't remember. Sydney. Sydney and Mona. Mm-hmm. And we know Mona and Jenna interacted in season four mm-hmm. in a very vague way. We yeah. just saw what, like a shot of them together. And obviously that ties into Shauna, yeah. who was in New York. So this is this whole web of insanity right. that's, that's building. And someone else pulls up. Another car pulls up, which could have one or two more people. And we don't see. It's very uh-huh. clever. Yeah. But they don't show us who that is. And I think it's interesting that they're out in the park having this discussion, and then a few scenes later we see Caleb at mm-hmm. night out in the park. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, that's right. Do you think he was there to meet them? And there was—that's possible. There was the odd glance between Allison and Caleb yes. at the end. Sure. Um, and there was a weird thing. Now that I think about it, is when Sydney and uh, Jenna pull up. Um, and Sydney says, oh, nice car, obviously referring to Mona's car. And uh-huh. Jenna says, oh, that used to be my car. Huh. Or, or maybe maybe Toby is involved in this. Was that Toby's car? I don't know. Does Toby, did Toby used to have... I don't think that was his car. I don't, I don't remember him having some vintage car. But okay. obviously Jenna can't drive because she's blind. Right. Exactly. So she would have needed to... So she to, gave her car to somebody. To, I guess, to Mona. So she gave a credit moment. This is. I wonder if the show addresses this, and it's some random detail that we've that we forgot. If anyone is out there and can remember the status of, of Jenna's vintage car, uh, please tweet us tweet us, email email the show. We don't have a show email yet. We should. We'll set one up. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, Mona had an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. We see her the Mona Alley face off in the church. There's so there's a setup. All the girls are pulled out to these extracurricular events, yeah. and Allison is basically set up for this confrontation with Mona, and which Mona then captures part of it on video, edits it, mm-hmm. you know, and shows the kids at school only the bad part where Allison slaps her. So then that, so then that makes sense. Why Lucas had this like ridiculously dumb party, right? Just to get partly to get Hannah wasted, right? Um, so did he, because there was one point when he was talking to Mona, I don't know, last episode or the episode before that, yeah. and it was basically just like, I'm starting to feel bad because Allison is a real human being, and we're treating her like this like poster girl for all bullying pain that's ever existed on, in the human race. Right. Um, but now like he's part of this whole like elaborate scheme to get Allison alone. Well, Mona said she was going to prove to him that Allison was lying about her kidnapping. She said, I have proof that she was in New York. And that's the last... Then, since then, he seems to be playing along with Team Mona. So, 
and she this is what she says to Allison as well, where she says, I have I know you were in New York. She says, if you, if you knew that, you would have already... So, which is almost maybe the, her getting the proof is Allison inadvertently admitting that she was in New York because she said, like, if you knew that I was in New York, you would have uh, said something about that. Yeah. That's kind of sloppy. Well, it is. It's not really going to hold up in a court of law. <laughs> but the whole, the whole thing, you know, sometimes the show, sometimes the lies make sense, but sometimes it seems so absurd to have concocted this fiction of, like, I was kidnapped, blah, 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 as opposed to I was attacked by someone, I don't know who, and I ran away for two years, mm-hmm. you know, and I was tormented, and here's the information. I mean, yeah. I understand that she thinks she can't trust the cops, but yeah. at the same time, Wilden is dead. The other guy who was in the NAT club, uh, who was a questionable guy, who was a cop, he's dead, mm-hmm. you know. Um, why would she not feel a little bit safer, you know, coming into the cop situation? Ian's dead. Yeah, Ian's, you know, a lot of people have been killed off who could have potentially been that person. So, you know, the options have narrowed. And obviously, Shauna was not A two years before. She didn't even know her, Mm -hmm. you know. So that, there's there's a weird level of the liars, I think, being desperate to put the past behind them and not really remembering all the narrative of their lives and not really being aware that necessarily, like, I guess they say it in more straightforward terms that Mona was A first, uh, and then that gauntlet was passed, but we still don't know who hit Allie the night that she was taken, or the night she ran off. But now we know who is in her grave. Yes. Another big revelation. Yes. Uh, And that person... Something young. What was her name? uh, I think Beth. Beth Young. Beth Young, yeah. random ass person, uh-huh. but the big reveal is that she was a run, quote unquote runaway from Radley, mm-hmm. which feeds into our uh, well part well not exactly our Jason theory, but, <laughs> but we had been talking earlier about how that somehow this has to all go back to Radley. Yes, yes. Um, so this so this is something of a revelation. Um, Obviously, uh, and obviously the cops still aren't, uh, have no evidence that Allie's actually telling the truth about being kidnapped. Right, um, right. So everything's still up in the air. But yeah, the, this this last scene where everyone gathers and starts holding hands. All, all, these, all these couples coupling up, which is very fan servicey. Yeah. yeah. Like intentionally fan servicey. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know if there's really much to say about Caleb's return besides what you um, said, which I think hit the nail on the head, which is that it's almost like the writers forgot how to write him. So he's strangely silent for much of the episode, like all broody because of his weird supernatural experiences. Yeah, and his, his new facial hair, and he's got his ripped up jacket. <laughs> and What is know. up with the facial hair in this? Lucas has the most ridiculous fucking facial hair. He looks, and well, I, I, I think it's this is this is actually like a nice detail of the show to me. Is that it's these seventeen-year-old guys <laughs> who like can some... start to grow some facial hair. And yeah. you know, I did this in high school. I had a little goatee, and it looked so fucking stupid. But you know, I was like, yeah, man, I can do that. I can. This is something I could grow. I can oh, do I had this. ridiculous mutton chops, and oh my god, that was all I could grow. It was just like down to my jawline right huge mutton chest. right yeah it wasn't until years later that i was like i could probably grow a beard yeah exactly you know? i guess that's that's probably true and it is funny to look at you know like look, look at all these guys and how they've drastically changed um with their facial hair and getting a little bit older and 
Jonathan Taylor Toby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Toby, uh, Toby's hairstyle needs to go. <laughs> it needs to go immediately. Uh, but I am, I, I Lucas, I, I do love that he's, he's, and I, I know I was saying this while we were watching it, but he looks like the lead singer of Static X, which, if you're listening to this podcast, to Google the lead singer of Static X right now, and you'll see exactly <laughs> what I mean. Um, uh, and he is also at his party wearing this, like, grotesque green plaid uh, blazer. Yeah, up. it's bad. Uh, well, which is funny because he used to be, when he was introduced, he was wearing, like, barracuda jackets, which is, like, the classic... You know, it's like what, um, it's from Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's the James Dean, the classic British windbreaker jacket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are super awesome jackets, and I have one, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, he's wearing one, and you're like, that's one of the mistakes I think the show made, actually, is a guy like that, who's as nerdy as him in high school, would not know what a barracuda jacket was. He would not be like reading menswear blogs and like be aware of this cool like vintage British British brand and like still be a total nerd who can't like connect with women. Yeah, you know, it's like if you were on that level in high school where everyone looks like shit all the time, you would be doing fine. People would like recognize. Yeah. you know, you'd be like next level. So that's you know that to me is a little bit of a of a flub mm-hmm. or a, a you know a fiction. For right. television. Well, and then, you know, and then to, to fast forward to now uh, with Caleb's return, and he uh, he looks like um, his, his, like his, his ripped-sleeved uh, jean vest with, like, a hoodie underneath, and he's all, and now he's got the short hair and this goatee. He looks like Ethan Hawke from, like, Singles. Right. Like, as Early like, '90s Ethan Hawke, <laughs> right? Or, or he's like gonna go to this audition for Ghost Rider Four, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we we were talking about a favorite quote, and I think my favorite quote of this episode is when Hannah sees Caleb in line at the coffee shop, and she looks at him. She's like, "Oh, Caleb, you're back! What's going on?" And Caleb just looks at her, and he's just like, like does not say a word. Mm. And she says something else, and there's another shot of him, and he just like looks at her. Just yeah. like, mm, we're going to say. Yeah, he just has like no dialogue there. And it's like, I, you know, I watched about half of Ravenswood. So I don't know what happens in the spinoff series they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was really bad. I thought it, pretty it just, you know, <laughs> Pretty Little Liars is so good because it stays really grounded and most of it's believable and it deals with like really intense issues of like, coming out or your parents getting divorced or all these, you know, kind of intense things beyond just like the murder mystery and Ravenswood. Well, legitimately terrifying things about growing up. Right. And Ravenswood was just like, let's create this entirely supernatural myth about these people from a hundred years ago and this curse and all these new characters Mm -hmm. who are like not really very compelling, you know, or charismatic and you don't really have time to get to know them because the whole thing is centered around solving this mystery. Yeah. So they're, they're all kind of displaced. You don't necessarily get as in-depth. And, you know, certainly with more time, the show perhaps could have grown into something better. But, you know, even from... I had to st- I stopped watching it because it just was not enjoyable. But Caleb, in that, in that series, we should say, uh, does not want to tell Hannah anything because this girl he was with dies and becomes a ghost... And there's a sequence where he actually dies, goes into an afterlife, talks to the ghost, realizes they're like 
eternal soulmates or some crazy shit and then he gets like brought back to life in the hospital and he's just like whoa man Seriously? i just like had a vision oh yeah <laughs> oh my god he like knocks his head and like is dead for like five minutes of show or something like that so that's what happened to what's her face that she died yeah she gets killed like right off the bat oh wow and then becomes a ghost <laughs> it's, well we, <laughs> we it's it's a ridiculous show so he's he's we not thought that call he was maybe a go- I was hoping that maybe he was a ghost in this episode. Which perhaps he could be. But everyone was like acknowledging that he was there. Right. So probably not a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Probably not a ghost. But it just seems like he, he had this kind of intense supernatural experience, does not want to or know how to communicate it to Hannah. But she's got her new goth hair. She can totally understand exactly right. what he's going through. Right. And she wears black beanies all the time now. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand why he's being so reticent. I don't really know what his motives here are, why he came back to Rosewood. I mean, we're, we're watching the episode, and someone said, why did you... Hannah says, why did you come back? And I, I MST3K'd at the TV, and I said, to finish high school. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah. you know... Presumably, he's going to do that at some point and get or get his GED or whatever. <laughs> he's got to. He's gonna. He's gonna be like a twenty-three-year-old senior. Yeah, all these high. all these characters are. They're all gonna be. This is how they're gonna keep the show going for three more seasons. Is they're all gonna flunk senior year <laughs> and have to come back and do it again, and Aze is gonna keep torturing them. Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Then yeah. Caleb's gonna. Caleb's gonna. He's gonna be this old senior. And he's gonna be one of those creepy guys that hangs around, and he's gonna be super sexy. And all the young girls are gonna start macking on him. And he's and gonna be totally with okay them because it's Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, it'll be okay. They get older, and Caleb stays the same age. Or Caleb gets older, and you know, teenage girls stay the same age. <laughs> well, that's. I think we've covered a lot yeah. of the episode. Allie and Emily hook up. She sleeps over. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that's kind of an intense thing that happened. Yeah, Arya and Fitz. Arya and Fitz. Um, We're not sure if Caleb and Hannah are going to get back together. There's the other guy in the picture. Oh, poor Travis. Yeah, Travis really has gotten kind of dicked around on this show. Well, it's just like uh, Andrew. Was that his name? Spencer. Spencer dicked around the whole time. Right. Right. There's all definitely these, all these like really super nice meatheads that just get dicked around. Right. They don't really, <laughs> you know. It is what it is. Yeah, and then uh, and then Spencer and Toby boned in Toby's in the car, truck. presumably. Yeah, yeah. I don't. How do we feel about Toby's trustworthy level? I don't feel good about it. I I am very. I think he's very questionable. Yeah, I mean, in the in the fiction of the series with such a large ensemble cast, you have to imagine that they have to write around the fact that just some actors aren't available. But he just disappears and then and then comes back and Spencer is all fawning over his his being around for once but he's just like I'm here for you I'm still here for you it's like no you aren't like yeah. you, you you literally aren't here for her yeah and you're like in Europe for some reason yeah and yet you're supposed to Spencer is supposed to continue, continuously trust you um I, I mean just the, the logistics of it alone make me feel like something is not right right well, I you know, and I like the idea of him being the the honeypot, you know, <laughs> of him being the him being the double agent who's like luring in in Spencer with his his James Bond, you know, wiles. The one thing his we did, locks. the one thing we did not uh, address, Spencer's mom, Mrs. Oh, Hastings, right. leaves Mr. Hastings, who does not appear in this episode, yeah. uh, presumably over the fact that he and now Melissa is being alleged to have like 
killed Mrs. De Laurentiis. Yeah, because they were, they said that they were at some diner the in, when in, she was in murdered. Richfield. Yeah, in Richfield, and they were not. Right. Because she hired a private investigator to track her husband, because that's how this family operates. Yep. And she, but for some reason, she never thought that, like, I don't know, I feel like, like, Spencer, the things that, that they said, like, Spencer saying, oh, you know, my family's pretty fucked up, but I always thought that my parents would be cool. Uh-huh. And then, uh, Mrs. Hastings saying, well, you know, I hired a private detective to follow my husband around, but I never thought it was going to come to this. Yeah. And you're just like, what? <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I guess the breaking point for her in knowing that they are probably both have done horrible things in, her, in their lives, the breaking point is that he involved Melissa. Mm-hmm. And they made a promise, she says, that we wouldn't involve the kids in whatever it is that cannot be named. Yeah. Which... Spencer, which we, which you you immediately assume is just have to do with the fact that, uh, um, that um, um, the affair, the, the between, affair, yeah, that led to Jason, right? That led that led to Jason, who was not in this episode, by the way, unless he was in the a epilogue, and that was right. Jason, right? This is the first episode this season with an a epilogue, mm-hmm. and I think there's a really obvious clue which is that we see a thing of pizza uh and we know um swimmer lady who i'm not gonna use your name because i can't be bothered swim our new our, our new our new friend swimmer lady was like you should come to this thing you should come to this thing after school there's gonna be pizza yeah or do you remember i just thought of this do you yeah. remember when um uh jason was in uh was it philadelphia uh, apparently getting the clean. pizza guy yeah yeah, the ho- the the homeless gentleman, I guess, yeah, was, was just bringing like back pizza for them. Oh, that's a good catch. Yeah. And where is he? He's in like some kind of. He's got his police radio. There's two other people leaving the room. It seems like some kind of backstage area. In backstage, or there's like a moving, there's moving going on. Right. Which could be he's moving out of the apartment in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, like oh. Or he could be. In any number of locations. Yeah, that could easily be Jason. Yeah. Could be Jason or it could be one of the one of the people at our, our park meeting. It could be, you know, Mona or meeting, whoever. Yeah. One mm-hmm. of the mystery crew. Yeah, I you know, this episode I think opens up a lot of doors and makes me a lot more interested in this season. I, I think And then it, who I think exploded who exploded the house. Right. Is it the house that is exploding or the car? I think the cars. Oh. But we get out and the house is on fire and I guess it's Toby's house. Yeah. Or his family's house. Mm. Because um, everyone lives next to each other right. for some reason. Oh, but we knew that. That Toby was the next door neighbor of Allison. Yeah. That's right. Crazy. Yeah. That was a, f- a fiery conclusion. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to. I'm excited for next week. Um do we have anything else to cover on this episode? Um, well, you know, we always talk about the uh, best outfit, and I didn't also did not. I found most of the outfits in this episode ridiculous, especially Allison's back to school outfit, which the worst, uh, which uh, not Hillary, so good. Yeah, Hillary mentioned was like Ann Taylor with sequins. Right. Uh, yeah, she wears just this very gaudy, yeah, absurd sparkly blazer thing. Um, just not so great, and not really good if you're being tailed. By this mystery car at night, and you have to sneak into a church. Yeah, the most slow motion, unexciting chase sequence ever. Right. Um, but I do, th- uh, to that, um, um, 
with that sentiment, I do think that it's, you know, Arya, out of anybody, seems to be dressing the most um, sensibly late, lately. And well, I, it's because she has PTSD <laughs> from, from shooting Shauna, and she cannot be bothered to think about putting on a Hot Topic outfit. That's true, yeah. And maybe it's supposed to, um, along with her, with her racy sex scene, it's supposed to declare that she is adult enough to be with uh, Fitz now. Yes, perhaps. Fitzgerald. I do, you know, it's funny because we've been doing this podcast, uh, this is episode three, thanks for sticking around, and these episodes had so much content. There have been so many mm-hmm. little scenes and... And just dissecting them has made me realize how much goes into every single episode of this oh, show. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you watch an episode and you miss these little moments, or maybe these have just been particularly dense episodes. But I do feel like the show is really trying to bring in all these characters and make everything feel very coherent and not, you know, it's almost becoming Game of Thrones at this point, where it's like you have to check in on so many relationships and where everybody is. And yeah. it's, it's kind of amazing that they're able to do as much as they are and keep it, you know, tense. Yeah. You hear that, Damon Lindelof? This is how you write a show. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how you serialize some shit. Right. <laughs> Pretty Little Liars, man. <laughs> they figured it out. All right, this has been Pretty Little Grown Men. Thank you for, for being with us. Check us out on iTunes. Tell your friends. Post us on Tumblr. And uh, we will see you next week. Yeah, until next time. Yeah.